0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte
1: Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, your official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets podcast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets podcast presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We've got a great show for you today. It's a busy show because we have finally a game to preview opening night for the Hornets tonight against the Indiana Pacers. will give you our game preview for that one. Also, the roster has officially been set for the 2021 2022 season. What do we like about it in terms of the here and now and also the future that we can project for this very young Hornets team. And finally, over the last two days, we've been very lucky to have in-depth conversations with Mitch Kupchak, general manager of the Hornets, and James Borrego, the head coach. They were both very generous with their time. What Can we discern from those two discussions? Helping me on all of these topics, he is the writer extraordinaire on Hornets.com. Sam Purley back with us once again, and Sam, let's start with those two conversations. Let's start with the general manager, Mitch Kupchick, and let me throw this in there as well. If you missed those conversations and you just made it back for our game preview, feel free to go through the archives and check out those two podcasts. We talked to Mitch on Monday. What were some of your top line takeaways from that?
1: conversation. Before we get started, happy opening night day. I don't know how we quantify this exactly. How about opening day to everybody. Obviously, very, very excited. Great hearing from Mitch and JB right before the season started. I think my two kind of biggest takeaways from Mitch so far um, are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, I think kind of reinforcing the message about the team is focusing on building something sustainable. You don't want to be a one-year wonder where you make the playoffs and then you take a step back next year. I mean, you're kind of gradually building something so you can be in the playoffs three or four or five years in a row and keep advancing a little bit further and further. And I think, you know, you kind of look at the model for that right now is milwaukee i mean they just every year they kind of got progressively better and ended up obviously winning the championship last season so you know you talked about a little bit about how atlanta and phoenix are teams that made big jumps last year you know i think those are great success stories but you know that's not the norm you don't go from not making the playoffs to conference finals or in phoenix cases nba finals i mean somebody takes a lot of breaks and takes a lot of internal development so um, i just think it's important to kind of keep everything in perspective but obviously very exciting kind of seeing what the hornets are building right now and then my other take was i loved hearing about you know his you know his question or answer to the the 75th anniversary you know now that he's been in the NBA for I think 45 years I mean that's just crazy as a player as an executive you know he's won rings as a player with the uh, Washington Bullets and with the Showtime Lakers and being an executive with the Lakers and winning a number of other championships and then you know working for Dr. Buss and now working for Michael Jordan I mean just I think sometimes we lose sight of just kind of Mitch's role in this game is just extraordinary. I mean, he's seen so much in the league and been a part of so many great teams and around so many great players. It's you know, it's sometimes you got to take a step back and recognize, wow, you know, this is a really kind of important person in the history of the NBA. So those are my two biggest takeaways from Mitch's interview on the Hornets hive Cast.
0: Yeah, and in a certain respect, seventy-five years, it does, it is a lifetime. It seems like a lifetime, and then to know that Mitch Kupchak has been a consequential person within the game for more more. more than half of it, and he is a a link that we have to so many different eras of the NBA. It really is something. I like that you pulled those two parts of it, because even though they're going in precisely opposite directions, they're the same theme. That is that longevity, that durability, building something that can stand the test of time and uh, be one of those franchises that's not just up and down all the time. And it kind of goes against what I think is a modern mindset, that if you're not winning championships or at the very least contending for them that the best course of action is to tear everything down immediately and and that seems to be uh at least i don't know if it's a sports talk radio thing or a modern fan thing but there seems to be a lot less patience today and i think that was one of my big takeaways from talking to mitch as well is there is a lot of patience here Building it right doesn't mean not building it for a championship. That is the goal. But building it right means not just contending once and then having everything potentially fall apart, but for the long term.
1: Yeah. And I think in the last few years, you've kind of seen the Hornets be in situations. I think this is kind of towards the end of maybe those years with Kemba Walkers. Maybe they had some opportunities to make some moves at the time, to make some trades that would have sacrificed either just hypothetically, maybe it sacrifices a future draft pick or sacrifices a young player in order to get into that eighth seed. And then you don't really have that sort of continuous progression if you kind of max out. So it's tough because, like you said, everybody wants to win. You want to be, you know, you want to make the playoffs. You want to advance in the playoffs. Everybody's trying to win a championship right here, but there's a process in how to do this. And it's not easy, and it's not easy because sometimes it takes a long time. So having patience and knowing when to make moves and when not to make moves is a challenge for any general manager to keep into perspective. So it's it's a win now, but you also have to be smart with how you do it. And right now, I feel like the Hornets have made a lot of smart moves the last few years uh, with their personnel, with their draft with their trades and things like that.
0: And we'll talk about the roster, how it's organized, how it's um, meant to contend today, but also compete for the future tomorrow as well, a little bit later on here on this edition of the HHC. Also talked to head coach James Borrego, and I, I thought it was interesting, while A pretty consistent drumbeat throughout the offseason has been the motivation from that Pacers loss in the play-in tournament and setting the bar at, we want to be a playoff team, we will be a playoff team. JB and Mitch, for that matter, were a little bit more muted that this is a process, that yes, the goal is to make the playoffs this year, but... It's not as if the world will end if the team does not. It's all about progressing towards a larger goal. And they do like the fact that the players have that mindset, but they're not going to start living and dying on every game because that's not the best way to get to either the short term or the long term goal.
1: Yeah. And you look about it, you think about it, it's like this season is going to be longer than last year. You know, hopefully it's not as long in the sense of, you know, the COVID stuff is a little bit different and a little bit easier to kind of work around this year with the vaccinations in place and everything. But, you know, talk a little bit about and obviously the, the talking point going into the season is you want to get off to a good start. You want to get off to everything. You know, it's start 2-0 and 3-0. I mean, I think I think I looked at it last night. Last time the Hornets made the playoffs, they started 0-3. So it's it's not like football. If you get off to an 0-3 start, you know, starting to hit the panic buttons, you know, there's going to be a lot of breaks during the season. Either guys are going to get hurt on other teams or things happen or trades happen. I mean, it's, it's a long season and it's, I think, the sign of a really centered professional team. You just take every game game by game. I think the best teams approach every single game with the mindset that we can either win this game or we can lose this game. You don't get too far ahead of yourself because it is a really, really long season. It's going to be even longer this year. You've got 10 more games. It's stretched out over a number of months. Um, there is more obviously, recovery time and stuff built in, but obviously you want to get off to a good start, but the world is not ending if they do not win tonight. Although hopefully we do. Any other
0: takeaways? And we will start to preview tonight's game a little bit later on this edition of the HHC Presented by Senta. Sam, any other takeaways from our conversation with JB?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I really liked his points about ignoring the outside expectations. And I think you can kind of look at that in two different ways. Obviously, there's been this talking point the last, you know, it's kind of floated around a lot last year. This team was fourth in the East before LaMelo ball went down, before Gordon got hurt. I think Devontae dealt with some injuries, Malik Monk too. I don't think you can go into this season just saying, if everyone's healthy, we'll be fourth again. I don't think that's, it's an entirely different team. It's an, you know, the rest of the East, I think, got really good. It's a whole different year. There's a whole different vibe to it. I think last year, you know, everybody dealt with adversity and there were some teams that got hit harder by it. You know, you look at Toronto who had to spend the whole year in a different market. So, you know, I don't think you can look at these expectations saying, you know, the team was fourth last year before everything happened. You don't look at the stuff that says, you know, the Hornets are going to be 13th or 12th or something. I think you just, you kind of focus on game by game. And if you, you know, like JB's point about if you do what you're supposed to do and take care of business on a day-to-day basis, that the results and the standings and that stuff will take care of themselves and then the last point is kind of with regards to the extension i think it was well deserved i mean he's done an incredible job here kind of taking a veteran team taking a step back and then really kind of making big strides with some internal growth and adding a lot of talent through the draft through free agency and i think he understands that you know it is a part again an extension is sort of to recognize the work that you've done but there's also an expectation to kind of keep this moving forward in the right direction and keep winning games and keep building something and then get into the playoffs and keep winning series or win a series and keep advancing and hopefully someday get an nba title i mean that's you know kind of circles back to what mitch was talking about too so overall is is great to kind of hear you know some stuff about the team and also some different topics as well from those two
0: yeah I, i would agree just like for players the reward of a contract is not just well you did all this stuff for us the last three years so here's some money we have no expectations for what goes on in the future most of it is predicated on what we think you will do moving forward. And you base a lot of that based off what has happened previously. So similarly for JB, the thought is he has done a really good job helping turn this team around and develop these young players. But it's not just, well, here's your reward for what you've done in the past. It is the expectation that he is the man to lead this team ahead. That's what Mitch said. And uh, that's the mantle that JB has uh, taken on. If you would like to listen to either of those interviews, we encourage you to go through the archive, check out recent editions of the Hornets Hivecast. Coming up next, the roster is set 17 players are on the hornets roster now including two two two-way guys between charlotte and greensboro what do we think of the roster makeup we'll tell you after this here on the hornets Hivecast. i get allergy care from the doctors at charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates who know how to treat me not just my symptoms now that my allergies are under control i can ride my bike whenever i want just like i did as a kid Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at CEENTA.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Sam Pearlie here with you on the HHC presented by Senta. Sam, the roster has been set. One thing that stands out to me, yes, there are certainly some veterans on this team, ones that were, Back from last year, like Gordon Hayward, of course, Terry Rozier with the new extension. Also new additions like Kelly Oubre and Ish Smith and Mason Plumley. But this is still very much a young roster. Ten of the 17 players, including two-way players, are either first-round picks in the last two seasons or they were second-round picks, period, made by this franchise. It's a very young roster and it gives them some flexibility to both compete for the here and now with the help of some of those veterans, but also to have a sustainable future with a lot of players who, if they hit, if they reach their ceiling, could be part of a very bright and successful future for the Hornets.
1: Yeah, obviously youth is a big factor this year, um, and I don't think it's necessarily bad youth. It's just, I think it's just naturally, I think it was Bobby Marks tweeted out today, the team is the fifth youngest team in the league right now, at least on opening day rosters, um, and you, some of that is... Miss Mock Biombo is gone. Cody Zeller is gone. I mean, those are two really big veterans in the sense they had experience. They helped a lot of the guys, particularly navigate some kind of a, a crazy season. So, youth is going to be a big factor. You know, some of these guys are going to have to mature really quickly. Another thing I noticed too, and it's just interesting, I don't know how much you keep a mind out for it, but, you know, this is the first. Year that the entire roster is Mitch Kupchak era players. There is no one left over from the previous regime. It's entirely his team as We've said numerous times, Miles is now the longest tenured player on the team, and he was drafted in 2018. So um, the other thing, and I think a lot of it just came back to you added a lot of rookies in the draft. You had a lot of veteran free agents. That um, usually they like to keep that 15th roster spot open. You know whether a trade happens or a signing, or you need to pick up somebody, and it's a full roster this year. You know, and, you, and there's going to be a, all likelihood you saw it last year. You're going to need everybody to contribute so i thought that was interesting you know they had a a packed house but i think you know having a full roster in the sense of you got 15 guys on the 15 man I think has done a great job of kind of bringing out some competition in training camp so not a huge amount of major surprises i think going into training camp and then how it played out to who ended up making the team but certainly some different elements of it compared to years past talking about the youth talking about having that 15th guy and whatnot
0: with that youth the the reward of it is you have a lot of players that again can reach their ceiling and there's a lot of potential towards the future the risk is if you start to see injuries build up you don't have a real deep well of players who have significant time in the NBA their talent is certainly up there but do they have the experience as you get through the the first couple of reserves that answer more and more is going to be no and so that of course is the risk but when you're looking at some of those younger players and what their potential is I think a lot of people think Nikola Jokic the MVP of the league who was a second round pick or a Chris Middleton or an Isaiah Thomas the one who was an all-star, not the current Hall of Famer, but those kinds of players who, of course, reached extremely high ceilings, but there's also really productive ones like Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels who have key important roles for this team and whether or not they end up being all-stars is not really something that is required of them now to be productive. So as you look at these guys who fill out the back end of the roster who are in that mold, second-round picks, who have not had a lot of NBA time just yet, is there one or two that stands out as someone who either A, could turn into that all-star type of player, or the, the rarest of rare, in the future, or B, be a contributor in the mold right now of a Cody Martin or a Jalen McDaniels?
1: Well, I think, you know, maybe not necessarily right now. Obviously, when you're drafting, you know, if you tell any J.M. hey, every guy you pick is going to be an all-star, and you're going to have 10 all-stars in your team, that'd be ideal. It'd be a great problem to have. So, you know, how many guys get drafted in all-stars in every year? It's probably three or four per draft, maybe, at some point. So, I'm so excited about the potential of Kai Jones. I, I I think it's going to be, you know, this might be a lot of Greensboro time this year, and a lot of, you know, he's still only 20 years old, hasn't played basketball for that long, but I think you hit it when we did the DraftKings thing a couple weeks ago. If he hits, it's going to be, it could be really, really special. I mean, he's got just freakish athleticism and he's still learning a lot of the nuances of basketball didn't play a tremendous amount at Texas still very very raw so I'm really excited to see what he could be and then I'm just gonna gonna take the lazy way out I think Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels have looked really good in preseason I think Cody Martin in particular I think has had maybe one of the best preseasons of any players kind of in terms of what your expectations were coming into the year I think he shot 54% maybe and 41% from three um, averaged his kind of normal seven eight points five rebounds two or three three assists and a steal you know I think he's put a lot of pressure on JB to play those minutes at that two guard position with James Booknight or maybe move him over to the three and it's it's kind of hard to tell because you've had so many guys in and out of the lineup in preseason so many guys hurt and I think Jalen too is another guy you can play the three or four and that's what you need you need guys that can fill in those nine ten eleven spots that don't need the ball all the time they're going to defend and rebound and pass and can hit a shot or two here or there I mean that's where winning teams separate themselves you got your guys at the top that are going to do you know your mellows your tears and gordons but where you're going to make big strides this season is in those 9 10 11 guys that kind of caliber of guys really stepping up so you're solid all the way through your rotation. So there I am taking the easy way out. But I've been really kind of encouraged by Cody and Jalen seeing if they can make that leap in year three like Miles did last year. They certainly, A, they help themselves
0: because they're showing just how good of an NBA player they can be, the roles they can kind of play for a hopefully playoff quality squad, but also something Mitch talked about in our conversation. When you have veterans who fill those roles and don't put pressure on really young players, players who there's any kind of question on whether or not they're ready for those spots, it allows them to develop. He was talking about it with Mason Plumley, kind of alleviating some of the pressure on some of those centers and giving them a a guidepost, someone to learn from. And I think similarly, when you look at some of the young wings on this roster, if you're playing rookies, the expectation isn't always that they're going to come in and help you win. It's they're going to come in, develop and get better for the future. It's not that they can't contribute to winning teams. Just more often than not, they don't as often. So uh, having Cody Martin having Jalen McDaniels having Mason Plumlee it does alleviate some of the pressure and we'll see what some of those players end up being but uh, if they can end up being as productive as Cody has and Jalen has later on down the line things looking very bright certainly for the future for the Charlotte Hornets as for the here and now it starts tonight the Hornets are welcoming in the Indiana Pacers game one of an 82 game regular season we will preview it for you next here on the Hornets i be sure
1: to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of Jays. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own
0: home 24-7 at HornetsFanShop.com. Sam Farber and Sam Hurley here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. It is opening night. Hornets hosting the Indiana Pacers. If you'd like to be in the building, tickets still available at Hornets.com. Of course, assuming you're listening to this before the game actually tips off so make sure you're you're going to the right game. We'd love to see any of the games though Hornets.com also the place to go to get season ticket information and we're expecting to have uh, one of our biggest pools of season ticket holders in recent memory here in Charlotte. Certainly the buzz is big around LaMelo Ball Miles Bridges, this young roster the veteran core with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. It's going to be a great season a lot of optimism right now in Buzz City and a lot to look forward to about tonight's opponent the Indiana Pacers. It's been kind of a constant drumbeat, Sam, throughout the offseason that last year's abrupt ending in the play-in tournament, a 144-117 to 117 loss to the Pacers in Indianapolis that honestly at times wasn't even that close. It was a motivating factor throughout the offseason, and at times it seemed like it was going to be you know everything building up towards this one game, but James Borrego and his media availability recently said this is a big game, it is a slight motivator, but it's not the BR all end all necessarily for the 2021 2022 hornets
1: well it's it's right in front of us so we're going to deal with it and i think it's good for us you know we get to go right back at the team that you know put us out last year it's one of 82 it's not the you know this isn't the defining moment for our season and everything rides on one game. There's a lot of motivation for tomorrow night for a number of reasons, but to go face Indiana again after what happened to, to end last season, I think it's great for our group. We'll, we'll see how far we've come. We'll learn a lot from that game. A win or lose, you know, we're going to take a lot from that game and move forward. But I know our guys are excited to compete tomorrow night. There's a lot of great motivation to go out there and win a basketball game.
0: Sam Perley, I asked a couple of the players who were made available yesterday, Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley, how do you approach games? Do you treat everything the same? It's just one out of 82? Or do you try and find some motivation every now and again to help give you that boost? Terry Rozier says, I treat them all the same. Mason Plumley says, well, it depends on the team and it depends on the player what you need that particular day. How do you think the Hornets as a team in general will approach tonight and the season as a whole?
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly an obvious talking point you know it was throughout training camp and the preseason that you know when the schedule came out look who's on the schedule for that first game is indiana but i think if you look back in the way you know one the stakes are entirely different this is the first game out of 82 and that playing game in indiana was the loser's season is over i mean so obviously if you whoever wins tonight or if the hornets win tonight it's not exactly making up or the same sort of i guess result in the sense of what the playing game was you know I think it's just different situations but you know I think regardless of how who the opponent was going to be tonight that there's going to be motivation for that playing game you know you you kind of lost I think what, five or six games to end the year you were kind of right there and sort of stumbled towards the end and to have that game you know it's on national tv too for everyone to kind of see and like you said it wasn't I mean it could have been it kind of felt it just wasn't their night and you kind of, kind of feel it early so they could be playing anybody tonight and I think you can use the end of result the result last Last year as motivation. You could be playing the Bucs now, you can be playing the Cavs, you could be playing the Lakers or the Celtics or somebody just the way last season finished and sort of kind of fizzled out a little bit. I think that's been the motivating factor more so than who it ended against. And I think Indiana, Indiana element is kind of irrelevant, but you know what, whatever motivation you need to kind of get up and go, you know, I think it's guys look for stuff like that. We've seen that it, it you know, guys get to the point where they even create slights. So whatever it takes, um, I'm here for it. In terms of the opponent tonight.
0: It's still a very good Pacers team. They are a little bit more nicked up than the Hornets were. Charlotte got some good news. It seems like everyone is at very least probable for tonight's game. Sounding like there could be, you know, a little bit of a ramp up for maybe Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward in terms of getting to peak minutes, but they should be available based off everything we have heard so far in the last 24 hours. Pacers a little bit nicked up, but they've got a lot of their pieces there too. Malcolm Brogdon is expected to play from the last that we've heard. He is not necessarily 100%, did miss their last preseason game, but things are trending in the right direction for him. Damanis Sabonis looks like the the double-double that he was last year. In fact, last year was closer to 2020 against the Hornets, Uh, and they're still a very big team with Miles Turner. And they added a rookie, but one who's uh, got a a little bit more wear on the tires than your average first-round pick, Chris Duarte, who had a very productive Your thoughts on this Pacers team coming to town? And quite frankly, these are two teams that are expected to contend for the same range somewhere between getting out of the play in tournament to maybe having to fight your way into it so the opponent tonight and the importance of this game one of 82 but an important one
1: yeah and thankfully I looked it up right before we got on the air and Doug McDermott is still not on the Pacers roster (laughs) he's in San Antonio still so that move is still finalized Um, I felt like he was the one that really set the tone against the Hornets in that play-in game I I felt like he had you know four or five threes in the first six minutes and he he had a couple big performances against the team earlier in the season too so sometimes you have those guys that just have your number but yeah it's still very you know i don't think turner played in that play-in game last year i don't think they had him towards the end of the season i think he was hurt and very very experienced team i i'm a huge DeMontis bonus fan i think he's an extraordinarily good player Re, i mean triple doubles great passer i think he's one of the best passing big men in the league really really physical plays that kind of european style you know skill-based basketball like his father played Vetus um, and another big addition the Pacers had that um, kind of glossed over is they have a new coach Nate Bjorkman, was out after just one season and Rick Carlisle who's obviously with Dallas for a number of years and won a championship there and has been in the league for you know coaching probably 20-30 years it feels like is a head coach so they're going to look a little different you know the, obviously having a new coach you play set play style and things like that and obviously I think kind of having a breath of fresh air in there is going to kind of help kind of reinvigorate this Pacers roster so like you said dealing with some injuries to Lavert and Warren but it's still, really, really good team. And I think this is a really good matchup for opening night because you want a team that's going to come out and kind of give you their best shot. And in the last few years, it feels like the Pacers have always kind of given the Hornets their best shot, regardless of who's on the floor.
0: And it'll also be a really good test early on of just how good the front court is for Charlotte. Indiana is one of the biggest teams in the league with both Sabonis and Miles Turner. demonis was able to eat up the Hornets at times last year in the regular season he was averaging about 17 and 10 and then in the one play in tournament game he went for 20 well 14 points and 21 rebounds. Almost had a triple-double. He was one assist away, too. So he had just a brilliant game. This will be a good test. I think it'll be a good opportunity to see what Mason Plumlee brings to this team. Not saying he necessarily needs to register a double-double, but if he can hold back some of the Pacers' bigs, that would be a huge accomplishment. And who comes after him? Will it be the small ball five look with P.J. Washington, or will we see one of the youngsters step in to that backup five spot? We'll get some answers tonight tonight and we will start to break things down for you right away tomorrow as we are into daily podcasts here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Sam Perley, thanks for joining us tonight, and happy opening day. Thank you for having me, and happy opening day to you and everybody else. It's going to be a fun season. I can't wait to get this started, and uh, hopefully the Hornets can get us started by going 1-0.
0: We are looking forward to it. Hopefully you'll join us either on the Hornets radio network or join us in person. Ticket information available to you at hornets.com. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast present presented by Senta. For Sam Perley. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege, and we'll talk to you next time here on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.